There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Irregular Bitches, the podcast for women in midlife who are clumsy, oh yes, forgetful, definitely, but still managing to thoroughly rinse their child of the 90s stereotype at the weekends and then paying for it for the next four days. I'm Sarah Kaywood, affectionately known as Kaywood to most of you, and my co-host is Mitchell of the Lou Variety. <laughs> we are just Kaywood and Mitchell, aren't we? I like it. Sounds like a, sounds like a TV show. It does. It's like Mitchell and <laughs> Webb, but better because we're girls. <laughs> <laughs> We're really excited to have a fantastic partnership with Yoppy on this season of Irregular Bitches. Irregular Bitches. Okay, Sarah, I don't know about you, but I don't feel great about the fact I've been using products that have been treated with bleach up my vagina. No, thank you. <laughs> so we were very excited about being able to partner up with Yopi, a period care company. They use only high quality, environmentally friendly ingredients and materials which make them plastic free, cruelty free and vegan. Woo, woo, woo. The packaging looks pretty sexy too, so you can strut across the office proudly showing off your period care. All you have to do is answer a simple quiz and Yopi will formulate the perfect package of period care and PMS supplements because let's face it, one size does not fit all, Lou. It certainly does not. Another reason we wanted to partner up with Yopi is they understand that women have changed how they live their lives. They certainly have. That's why we've collaborated with an amazing nutritionist and friend of the podcast, Shona Wilkinson, to formulate three essential PMS supplements full of herbs, minerals and vitamins to focus on whichever issues you have during your menstrual cycle. Do you predominantly suffer with cramps, mood swings or bloating or like us, all bloody three? Yoppy, have a supplement for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> so please head over to yoppy.com forward slash irregular bitches. That's Y-O-P-P-I-E.com slash irregular bitches to get 50% off your first two orders Ooh. when you sign up for a subscription to any product. And shipping is gratis, free nada. Plus, you can even earn rewards by referring your friends. Irregular bitches. Fabulous. That was just a little bit about Yoppy, our amazing partners for this season of the podcast. Lou, I'm sorry, my brain's not functioning this week. I was just saying to Lou that I bent down to turn on in, in my little office where I do the records. I bent down to turn on um, my warmers, obviously, the warmers that I have obviously. with the wax in them. And I bashed my head on the bulkhead. I know it's there. I've lived here for five years. What's a bulkhead? It makes it sound like you're on a boat. It's well, I'm in the attic. So it's the slopey so bit. So the eave, the eaves bit. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't know it was called it a bulkhead. bulkhead. Oh, it might not be, babe. Look at you with your technical it terms. I thought that was well, in a well, boat. Now, now I'm questioning myself. I don't know. <laughs> has, has your week been anyway, lovely? Yeah, no, it's been good. Um, I had a, had a bit of an incident. So obviously we've been given some um, CBD oil yeah. by Other Side, who are mm -hmm. um, kindly on another one of our episodes. And everybody was, I'm going to say, doing things in my house that was annoying. Or maybe I was just overreacting to them. They were <laughs> they fucking were. Everybody was they fucking were. me off. <laughs> they were. And I was basically at the point where I was just rowing with everybody. And Duncan handled it brilliantly. He just came straight over and said, I think you need a cuddle. To which I said that was probably a good idea. Because actually what I needed was containing. Because I was about to explode. And mm. I've got visions of the head exploding emoji. That's exactly how I was feeling. <laughs> So whilst he was giving me a cuddle, which he's very good at, I decided to try my CBD oil because I hadn't yeah. cracked into it yet. Yeah. So I had a good pipette of that under my tongue as instructed, although I was doing the whole, I can't read the bloody instructions because my eyesight is so crap. And Sarah, I only think it was about 10 minutes. And I went from, I'm going to explode to, yeah. do you know what? You're not all a bunch of wankers. 
I'm okay. Now, I'm a big fan of the placebo effect. I don't care if it was a placebo effect or whether I have just responded fabulously to CBD oil, Mm. but it worked. I'm all over it. Well, I spoke to Geshi because I I wanted to ask him about, this is the guy from Other Side London who came on the podcast. Yes, gorgeous Geshi with Nina. And uh, (laughs) and I I actually asked him um, uh, because I wanted to know about dosage. And I said to him, because the same thing happened to me. It was actually like I was, everyone was fucking me off. And then uh, like after I I had this and then within about half an hour, I was like, oh my God, I feel better. It was really weird. Mm. And I said to him, can it happen? Because obviously CBD apparently builds up in your system. I said, can it happen that quickly? And he said, um, he said, I'm not really, I mean, he said it could do. I don't think, mm. you know, obviously, he's not enough. Well, he really goes known into about it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah but he, he goes did, into it in our episode. Say, who cares if it's placebo effect? Yeah. And then all you've got to look forward to is it actually happening as it builds up in your system. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I was, I loved it. Absolutely all over it. So yeah, no, but other than that, I mean, everyone's still alive, which is always good, isn't it? And yeah, um, yeah we've we just... kept them alive another week. Yeah, well, yeah. Done, well done us. I have been making smoothies in my Nutri Ninjas. So have I. Having said I wasn't going to eat any green smoothies, I now eat a green smoothie every day. <laughs> fucking who even are we i tell you I what know. though like, i don't think i'd know, like us anymore <laughs> i know I, i'm the kind of woman i hated about a year ago i'm like fucking that I bitch know. runs in the morning has a green smoothie oh don't, yeah you're an utter listen, wanker <laughs> i am a twat listen girls don't worry because i still drink too much wine at the weekends i've been oh yeah we even, offset i even <laughs> yes we offset that's what it is. Even though I quit smoking in September, another reason to hate me. I sometimes, when I'm shit-faced, have the odd fag. I threw up when I had a hangover recently, so don't don't hate on me. You're right? keeping oh, it I real, is what you're saying. Children. I, I'm, yeah, I, and I and I and fuck anything to do with making cakes for school. I'm thank God for pandemic no, because I haven't done that no. shit for a long time. All right, so no. don't hate on me just because I run and drink green smoothies. Well, the only reason that I'm drinking green smoothies is because of this podcast because I have listened to what people. Will say to me i generally have a, about a couple of take homes from each episode yeah and one of them from shona was just have more green leafy veg and you will feel good and i do so uh thank you shona i will carry on should we crack on then with what will eventually be a take home for this one because we're we're talking like we've talked about our physical health yeah let's get involved in brain health today yeah let's do it our guest this week might well be the savior of all of us perimenopausal and menopausal women the world over because as a neuroscientist and psychologist she has delved into brain fog and is doing her best to not only educate us about why it happens but eliminate it completely welcome sabina brennan how are you yeah i'm good i'm good and it can be done folks it actually can be done oh i really hope so so lou and i are and and i probably speak for a good amount of our listeners as well really struggling so if i just some of the things that are happening for me walking into a room and forgetting why i'm there that happens all the time doing stupid things like putting keys in the fridge milk it's like on the side putting things in washing up water that i've just washed up that i've had on the side that like clean stuff goes in the dishwasher but the main thing that lou and i are noticing is things slipping through my fingers so my phone will literally slide out of my hands it's just what about you lou what are you struggling Uh with yeah, no, those well, the brain fog, they're not being able to... Actually, it's quite fun doing a podcast with Sarah because quite often we're trying to finish each other's sentences because we've lost entire chunks of our vocabulary. Like finding the words for things. Yeah. Like, it's like it can be like the phone and I'm going, what's, you know, that thing, that, that, that thing. That thing. Yeah. Or I've gone around the house, I've gone around the house and I can't find my phone. <laughs> absolutely. Actually, You're holding it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, that's, that's, that's an absolute classic. So are we losing... The plot, have we lost it all together? What is brain fog? Why does it happen? What can we do about it? Excellent, right. So um, I'm going to just fly off now about the whole brain fog thing. Do it! Please yeah, do. Yeah, go for it. Please do. So actually, I'm going to start with your clumsiness because a lot of people wouldn't associate oh, that with the brain. They think mad. that is something physical. 
But mm. your brain is constantly assessing the distance. It's doing complex calculations, assessing the distance between where you are and where things are in the room, etc., so that you can navigate space. So that it's called spatial navigation. So you can go mm. around the world without bumping into things, without tripping over things. And it's really quite complex. You know, it's it's one of the symptoms, one of the com- common symptoms of brain fog, particularly when it's hormonal related. So I kind of could pretty much tell when my periods were coming because I would get really clumsy coming up to Mm. my period. But before I kind of go into that space of it, right. So I use the term brain fog as an umbrella term to encompass what you might more medically or research-wise refer to cognitive dysfunction. So cognition is just things like memory, attention, decision-making, planning, organising, all those things that we need to just be ourselves to get, you know, to to navigate the world and get on with our day-to-day stuff. But other people have used various different names depending on the the cause or what the brain fog is related to. So you've probably heard of menopause brain, baby brain, pregnancy brain, chemo brain for when people are on chemotherapy, fibro brain, fibro fog is what people with fibromyalgia call it, cog fog is what people with multiple sclerosis call it. So um, it's not a disease, it's not a disorder, it's not a diagnosis, but it is a warning that something is amiss. Essentially, your brain is malfunctioning. And I kind of liken it a little bit to, you know, the things that you're talking about, right? Um, You know, forgetting names, forgetting words, they all happen to, everybody will identify with those because Mm. we've all experienced them. But you usually have a reason for it. So if you're jet lagged would be a common reason why your brain's just not working properly, you know, or you're forgetting things. If you've had a few late nights, if you're stressed or in a stressful situation, or if you're overworking, you'll have those things. Your brain will malfunction a little bit and you'll be performing under par. But when you resolve the issue, you know, when you get over your jet lag, recover your sleep and, and, you know, move out of the stressful situation, your cognitive functioning restores back to your usual levels. The thing about brain fog is it's persistent. It occurs regularly and it interferes with the quality of your life, the ability to carry out your job and even your relationships. So the main symptoms are a loss of mental clarity, feeling foggy, hence the name, you know, just feeling a bit woolly in the in your head, trouble focusing, trouble paying attention and concentrating. And the paying attention can work two ways. You know, it can be trouble focusing what we call a focused attention. So trying to read a book and your mind wandering off before you've even gone through the first mm. paragraph. Mm, or, that's interesting. Or um, there's another type of attention called a select, selective attention. It's something that we have to be very good at if you want to concentrate and focus. So there's all sorts of things going on around us all the time. There might be birds singing outside your window. You might hear your dog moving around or your your kids or, or, or whatever. But if you want to focus on what you're doing, you've got to kind of be able to kind of shut those out a bit so that you can actually concentrate. And that's another thing that sort of fails with brain fog. You're hearing everything and it makes it more difficult to do what you want to do. That is so interesting. I'm sorry to interject, no, but okay. I have found in recent months that if I put my noise cancelling headphones on, mm-hmm. I am then, and I don't mean when I'm trying to concentrate, I mean just around the house. Okay. I'm able then to calm myself right down. So if my stress levels have gone up, I will yeah. stick my headphones on, I will cut out, say, 60% of the noise around me, and it enables me just to calm right back yeah, down Yeah, it's not noise. I mean, it's sensory information. So your brain is feeling overloaded because there's right. information coming in and your brain is yeah. underperforming and it can't, you know, sort of, it can't do the job that your your earphones are doing for you. I need it to filter. I need it to filter. And it's that's filtering what it does. for you. Hmm. But I find Sabina, and I don't know, like, I, I, I kind of want to get this out there so that I can play it back to him. But Andy accuses me of not listening all the time. And it might be like, I will get a message on my phone. And whereas before I could scan the message and listen to him, or this is a classic one. I used to be able to have a conversation with the mother-in-law and be able to feed questions to her via my husband. Oh, can you ask her that? Now I cannot do those things. Mm. And Andy always says, you never listen to me. And is that part of the same problem? And I think that's what's really important. And that's why I said it affects relationships. Because the thing is, we are our patterns of behaviour. That's what we are. You know, a lot of people don't like that, but we are the sum of the patterns of our behaviour. And when you have brain fog, your patterns of behaviour change. So you had a pattern of behaviour where you were able to switch tasks and where you were able to take in what he said and do what you were Mm. doing and follow on. Now you can't do that. So you're, you know, Andy, I'm assuming is your partner, is is sort of saying... Well, you're not bloody listening to me anymore. And Mm. you're going, am I not? 
no, I can't listen anymore. Why not? You should be listening to me, you know, and then it's all gone. So that's why, you know, it really is important that this is taken seriously because it has huge impact and it really can be quite debilitating. I just want to finish on a couple of the other actual symptoms of brain fog. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned one of them, the word finding difficulty. Oh, drives me potty. God, my perimenopause was just a whole long game of charades. (laughs) You know, know, that's a thing like, uh, you know, that's that's just what it was. Um, So substituting the wrong word, word, you know, you know, just saying the wrong word and you kind of go, yeah. is, that, is that what I meant? And then also what you touched on as well, just that your language isn't as fluid or as rich as it ordinarily would be. You know, that mm. it, it, it just, another thing that also happens is a slowing, we call it slowing a processing speed. So when you're taking in information, so while you're talking to me, you know, um, there's a period of time that you take to process that information, formulate a response, you know, and then actually deliver the response. And that applies to sensory information as well. You know, things coming in, your brain normally works very rapidly and, uh, you you know, you respond and that slows down with brain fog as well. And then also there's this real sense of mental fatigue, which is different to a physical fatigue. It's like, no. I can't take, you know, any more in. I, I, mm. I, I would, I would mm. call that overwhelm. Yeah, yeah, it is overwhelm. I feel it daily. Yeah, so it is a real overwhelm, and your brain is overloaded. So they're the symptoms. So brain fog is a collection of symptoms. And as I said, it's not a disease or a disorder in and of itself, but it is a warning to take action. And I'm any of you listening, you know, who have said it to your doctor, you'll be very lucky if you've got a doctor that's really sympathetic and has given you practical response to deal with your brain fog. Often you're kind of brushed off. And even I did an episode of my own podcast speaking to people last August about long COVID and brain fog because I knew that would kind of, you know, it it, it would impact on that. And a lot of them felt they were just gaslit by their doctors, you know, that, Mm. you know, and you go home feeling like you're going insane. Mm. The important thing, the the analogy I use, and, and one of the reasons that I wrote the book Beating Brain Fog was to empower people and particularly women because they're disproportionately affected by brain fog to go to their doctor with much more concrete information about their brain fog. Right. Because those things that I have said to you, like problems with planning, organisation, decision-making. And I'm not even talking complex decisions. I'm talking about opening your wardrobe and trying to decide what to wear today. Like, is it a cold day? Is it a warm day? What do I need to put well, on? Well, who knows these days what a weird <laughs> well, spring we're true. having. <laughs> that's true. But where I used to struggle, pre-pandemic, I used to travel a lot, um, you know, to give talks, you know, to do consultancy work, that sort of thing. And where I would struggle, it would take, I might be going away for one night, two days, and it would take me hours to figure out what to pack. And I'd be looking up... What, what temperature is it in Brussels? Does it rain often in Brussels? Should I pack this? What will I need for the meeting? Do you know what I mean? I'd know, I'll throw that in in case of that and that and mm. that and that. And it wouldn't just yeah. be, it just wouldn't be that big ordeal that it kind of became. I'd be exhausted after mm. packing. Now I wish, I wish I had a reason to pack. And oh go away. yeah, don't we all, Sabina? <laughs> Irregular. Bitches. I've been counteracting that with, with, so I'll be asked something and my honest response is, because I don't want to think about it, I don't care. <laughs> I've been saying that a lot. I mean, so what are we doing for this, right. this, 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 this? And I'll say, do you know, I actually don't care. And yeah, the reason I, I don't care is anymore. I can't cope. I can't I just go. can't cope anymore. No. So the analogy that I use in terms of if you have a cough and you know it's because you've been talking all day or you haven't drunk enough water, you're thirsty, or maybe you have a little cold mm-hmm. and you have a cough and a tickle, you can kind of pinpoint why, you know, and you kind of wait for it res- to resolve. So that's a bit like I was talking about if you experience those things because you have jet lag or, or you know, mm. you've missed a few nights sleep. But if that cough persists and, you know, starts to interfere with your ability to function. In other words, you can't finish a sentence because you have a coughing fit or you go to bed at night and you can't sleep because you're coughing, coughing, coughing. Mm. That's a signal. A cough is not a disease. It's not a disorder. It's not a diagnosis, but you ha- it's a signal. You got to take action. Something's yeah. not right here. And so you go to your doctor and your doctor will try and find the underlying cause. And it could be an infection. It could be, it could be something serious, actually, like a cancer, because mm. some cancers can start with a prolonged cough. Not frightening anyone out there, but basically (laughs) the point I'm making is that your doctor tries to do a little bit of detective work. And that's where I want to get when we've experienced brain fog is for you to be able to go and say, I am persistently having problems with A, B, C and D. What's the underlying cause? Now, for a lot of us and for a lot of people during the pandemic, because I'm calling there's a kind of a thing like pandemic brain fog where everybody is kind of struggling. That is a new Mm. thing. 
So a lot of that can be explained by lifestyle factors. So things like poor sleep that I mentioned, poor stress, lack of routine, you know, disrupted exercise and poor nutrition. And I'll come to those later. But there are also other factors that can give rise to brain fog. So it's a sign or a signal that you may have an underlying health condition. Um, and those health conditions are generally ones that disproportionately affect women. So brain fog is frequently associated with autoimmune disease, with chronic inflammatory diseases and chronic pain diseases. So fibromyalgia, for example, and fibrofog, uh, but mm. diseases like Crohn's disease and celiac disease, they're commonly associated with brain fog and quite severe brain fog. Um, some cancers are associated with brain fog, depression, anxiety, migraine. And what most people will find is it's multiple factors that contribute to it. Now, on Unfortunately, some of the medications that used are used to treat those conditions also give rise to brain fog. But on yeah, top make of that, yeah, a bit dopey, don't they? Yeah. yeah, anything that works on on you know your central nervous system. So something you know antidepressants will kind of impair your ability to learn and remember. Now you know anybody who's on prescribed medication never stop it you know, without speaking to the prescribing doctor, you know, but they but do speak to them because there may be another type of medication that will work well for what you're being treated for, but not give you the brain fog. You know, chemotherapy is commonly associated uh, with yeah. brain fog. But um, painkillers, antihistamines and anti-nausea tablets will also interfere and can give rise to brain fog. The other biggie underlying brain fog um, that's kind of really of interest here, so I would imagine to most of your listeners, is hormonal changes or hormonal imbalance. Now that can also be, mm. a, you know, a condition like hypo or hyperthyroid. You know, they're commonly associated uh, with brain fog. But um, most of us are thinking about our reproductive hormones, our sex hormones. So estrogen um, and the various different types of estrogen. And the thing is, we tend to think of those hormones as just associated with reproduction, you know, with milk production, with, you know, having babies. But those hormones, estrogen is involved in pretty much every activity that you engage in. So it's involved really? in memory and learning. Yeah, yeah. So Isn't it funny, we just thought it was a baby making hormone. So much more than that. Yeah, you just do. It's so much more than that. And you've so many other hormones as well, you know. So basically your brain, you've got 86 billion neurons. Your brain is the most amazing amazing machine like it really is and I'm kind of passionate about brain health as well because you know we brush our teeth twice a day and you go to your dentist every year and you get your teeth cleaned every six months and I go to people that's brilliant you know but what are you doing for your brain like it is your most important hormone organ you know you need your teeth teeth are super important because you need them to mm -hmm. eat to speak and to smile but you need your brain for everything like there isn't one so thing we need to train our brain. brain and look so, after it. And we need to look after our brain like you look after your teeth. Oh, just to go back to the, the perimenopause, menopause. That so the, so brain fog essentially in a nutshell is happening because loss of estrogen, loss of progesterone. Are there other factors at, or is it Yes, just there's probably, uh, no, probably other factors. So yeah. the reason I was saying about the brain communication, so your brain communicates using chemicals called neurotransmitters. So they're really fast acting, you know, uh, and, and while I'm speaking, my neurotransmitters are firing and they're moving my mouth mm -hmm. and my teeth and, and, you know, my thinking part of the brain. But then your hormones are also a critical part of the brain and body's communication system. They tend to last longer. What the hormones do are more about, they keep all of the rest of your body on the same page about what you should be feeling or doing. And they have a much longer lasting effect. And so they influence things like mood, which most of us as women will know. But they are mm. involved in tons of activities. And so when we, you know, when our hormones change around period, you know, pregnancy, those kind of things, it will not just impact on those issues that we ordinarily associate with it, but it will influence memory, clumsiness, uh, your ability to learn, focus, your irritability, all those other things that really kind of go into making us who we are. So with menopause and perimenopause, it's going through a huge period of change. But also on top of that, you know, for various reasons, uh, whether you're having hot flushes or whatever, your sleep is disrupted. Mm. And sleep is critical to good brain health and critical to good brain function. So when you go to sleep at night, your body doesn't, your brain doesn't rest. It needs you to sleep because it has a job of work to do. One of those things it has to do is, to, it has to do the housekeeping at night, okay? So basically it hasn't got the energy or resources to do the cleaning up 
Mm. while you're being you, okay? And the cleaning up is really, really important. So your brain is a high energy organ. It weighs about 2% of your body, but it consumes about 20 to 25% of the nutrients circulating at any one time. So the food you eat is the fuel for your brain, okay? And it depends on that fuel to be able to function. Now, it's what's called a high energy organ. So it produces a lot of metabolic waste. All your other cells in your body produce metabolic waste, but they're cleared out during the day through your lymphatic system, Mm -hmm. through your liver and Mm -hmm. your lymph nodes. But your brain isn't part of that system. So when you go to sleep at night, your brain has to do a deep clean. It's like it can do it when the roads are empty. It's literally like the the bin men coming round the streets at night time. So stop a minute, Sabrina. Stop stop stop. a minute, Sabrina. (laughs) Is this why... I'm just having a light bulb moment. Is this why... I am having more bonkers dreams than I have ever had in my life in perimenopause. Well, I think also as well, something I want to point out is, I don't know how long you're in perimenopause, but I'm having bonkers dreams since the pandemic. And a lot of people are having bonkers dreams since the pandemic. So there's a mixture of of, of things. So a lot of people ask me, how do I know if I'm getting enough sleep? Because there's estimates about how much sleep you are get, uh-huh. you, you should get. Well, if you wake up feeling refreshed, you're getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. If you wake mm-hmm. up feeling groggy and foggy, you're not getting enough sleep. And part of that may be that the metabolic waste hasn't been cleared out fully. Also, there's another chemical called adenosine, which is your sleep pressure chemical that you need sleep to clear that out. And it's the it's the messenger that tells your brain you're tired. So if it hasn't been cleared out, you're going to wake up and that messenger is saying, you're still tired. Still tired. You're still yeah. tired. Sabina. Because it hasn't been cleared away. Yes. I've got, and, and I'm sure I speak for lots of women who are listening, and men possibly, um, but I've got well, I've got a Fitbit and it tells me, I don't look at it every day because I know that you shouldn't obsess over how much sleep you're getting, but it tells me what REM, what light sleep, what deep sleep I get. And I am lucky if I ever get about an hour of deep sleep. Do we need, how much deep sleep do we actually need to feel refreshed? So basically what you need, and I'm glad you said that because it's not just about quantity. So, you know, most adults between sort of 18 and 64 need between seven and nine hours sleep. And, you know, you really just find your own, your, your, your own right amount of time. But the quality is really important. So basically you go through about five, for a good night's sleep, you need five cycles of sleep. Each of those cycles are about 90 minutes long. And in the start of the night, you have more non-REM sleep than REM sleep. So REM sleep is your dream sleep. But that proportion between those two types of sleep changes as the night progresses so that by the final segment of sleep, you're getting more REM sleep than non-REM sleep. Okay, which is why Mm. you remember your dreams, because you've just which is why you remember you've just had them or you've woken up sort of while you're still in Mm. that sort of dream state. When you go to sleep, your brain also has a huge amount of work to do in terms of learning and memory and sorting information that you've taken in during the night. So when you are, as we're, you know, chatting here and going through the day, all the information that we're taking in is going into a little part of your brain called the hippocampus. And that acts like a temporary repository in your brain for the information that you've taken in. And it has a limited capacity, which is why sort of at the end of the day, you kind of go, I can't take any more information in. I'm full. You really do get overload. Yeah, you really do get a sense <laughs> yeah. of being full. I need to go asleep. And you do need to go asleep. So in the very first part of the night, we see electrical activity between that little hippocampus and the front part of your brain, your frontal lobes, which are like the executive controllers. They have connections to all the different parts of your brain and they are really involved in decision making and all those kind of complex activities. So we reckon, and when I say we, it's the royal we of scientists and neuroscientists and all the rest, Mm. reckon that that electrical activity between the hippocampus and your frontal lobes is a sorting, a filtering of information because you can't keep all the information that you took in. So it's like, oh, dump that, dump that, dump that. Oh, we need to keep that. We need to keep that. And Mm. so it's filtering out, sorting the information, clearing out your hippocampus so that it is empty and ready to take in new information tomorrow. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Then, as the night progresses, we see diffuse electrical activity. And it's a podcast, and I'm making fingertip movements across my brain. But a lot of people think <laughs> of, of memory as a store, you know, that it's all locked in one place. But it's not. It's stored in patterns of electrical activity in your brain. So it's, it's, it's the way different neurons connect and, and, and fire together. So we see that activity then in the na- that part of the night. And that's the new memories being sort of embedded in your brain and the start of consolidation of memories. If you miss either two of those parts of sleep, you are not going to, you're going to have trouble learning new information tomorrow and you will have trouble mm. recalling the information that you wanted to remember because it didn't get bedded down properly. So now then, the, just going on to the next little bit, because it links to what Sarah was saying about dreams. In the later part of the night, or what I'd call early morning, when you have more REM sleep, that new information is integrated with your existing knowledge, experience and memories. And that's where if you get good night's sleep, that's where you can wake up with the solution to a problem with brilliant ideas. Because yes. the new information and your brain has been, you know, working away, making connections. It loves Mm. patterns and it's working away doing that. That's where dreams come. So that's why, generally speaking, you have these odd dreams where there's a bit of something from today and then maybe something from when you were five or, you know, some mad connection. Mm. And I think while we're having more mad dreams during the pandemic is, you know, that it's stress related. So your brain is kind Mm. of trying to solve the stress issue. It's trying to figure out that problem or that you've been sending information into your brain that you're worried about your job or that you're worried about this happening or that happening. And it's just all kind of getting mixed up Uh in it. But it's still vital for for it to happen. So quantity and quality are really important. So I think with menopause or perimenopause, certainly I had huge sleep disruption. So I know for sure that really, really impacted on my own brain fog. And I was doing a PhD when I was perimenopausal. So like that was fun. So it it really is critical to do everything you can to ensure that you are getting the best quality sleep that you can. Irregular bitches. And now it's time for some words to live by with the irregular bitches poet, Donna Ashworth. More. You are always so much more than you see. You are the laughter that rings in the air, infecting everyone around you. You are the softness of your heart when problems are placed in front of you. You are the words you passed on in times of need, that stay with each person you gift. You are the music you hum in the car with the windows down and your sunglasses on. You are a special scent that lingers long after you leave. You are the memories of childhood stored safely, like the precious cargo they are in the heart of your family. You are the little girl who cried, who fell, who got up. You are the friend who stayed when others had gone. You are so much more than you measured yourself upon. You are so much more than your failings, your bad days. Sweet girl, you were always good enough. The world isn't always good enough for you. Irregular bitches. So we know sleep is really important. We shouldn't be so obsessed about getting seven hours, eight hours. It's more about have I had a good night's sleep and am I waking up refreshed? And to actually just listen to your body. Listen to your body. If you're not waking up refreshed, factor into the next 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. If you can go to bed early or whatever. In my book, it's like a 30 day plan and week one right. is sleep rituals. And, I, you know, I just know from myself, having lived through brain fog for several reasons, you're not able for another challenge. Don't give me anything hard to do, you know, mm. just help fix me. And so the book is very gentle in that regard, but they really are very effective. And the whole of the first week focuses on just developing a new sleep ritual because, mm. you know, rituals really are just a nice word for habits. 
if you are having broken sleep through hot sweats, etc., don't be afraid to introduce a nap in your day to catch mm. up on that sleep. Because yeah. we do have two dips in natural dips in alertness. You know, one is at about 4 a.m. when you should be in your deepest sleep and the other is mid-afternoon. But it is very important. Uh, timing is critical when it comes to napping. So either have a nap of about 10 to 15 minutes or one for 90 minutes. Don't have a nap yeah. in between those periods of time because you'll wake you up sleep wake up, drunk. Can you? Well, you, if you do wake up, you wake up sleep yeah. drunk because yeah. you wake in the middle of one of those 90 minute cycles when you're in that deep sleep. I have done mm. this because I've heard that before. I actually time, I will time set an alarm. I set an yeah. alarm if I'm going. So basically, Me too. Um, sort of mid, mid afternoon. So actually I wrote this book during the first lockdown, like it was commissioned mm. long before, you know, and I would feed, really feel that dip sort of mid afternoon afternoon, you know, when Me I was too. researching the book and I'd feel my eyes dropping and kind of go, oh my God, come on, wake up. You, you If you don't meet, you know, I was already struggling, struggling on the yeah. word target I'd set myself because of the pandemic. And then I just said, no, no, you need to rest. And a 10 minute nap. I would just mm. take a 10. I don't even know if I actually even, well, you know, went to sleep, but I would just close over, close my eyes, 10 minutes, and then I would switch up what I was doing, walk around, uh-huh. do something different, and then come back. Sometimes I just even switched the room and it can be really restorative, but a 90 minute nap. Look, the right. thing is sleep debt always needs to be repaid. Otherwise you will be underperforming. You will have brain mm. fog. So we need to prioritise it as more important than washing, ironing, writing an article, do it later. Oh, absolutely. Much more important than washing and ironing. Yeah. You heard it here first, ladies. Yes, exactly. Much more important. Just and actually, to be honest, take a leaf out of my book. My husband does the washing and ironing, so I don't have to worry about it. Oh, there we go. Well, he wears <laughs> shirts that need much more ironing than my exactly. clothes. Exactly. Oh, yeah, well, he's on his own there, isn't he? <laughs> I swear by, and I don't know if anybody would like, so there are two things that have really helped my sleep recently. And um, one of them is sleep casts. Right. I listen to Brilliant. it in that yes. headspace, which is amazing. So sleep stories. But in order, if you have a partner who's not, doesn't want that, then AirPods have changed that because you can wear them and they're comfortable to lie on and your partner doesn't have to listen to your sleep cast. And those two things, I very rarely ever make it to the end of a sleep cast. So um, Mm. guys, if you have, if you have problems dropping off, then honestly, give it a go or sleep music, but sleep casts, you see, stop me, stop my thoughts wandering. So I can't think because I'm listening. Yeah. Perfect. So you don't go into the stress. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned those in my book. I recommend them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. They're wonderful. They've changed my sleep for me. So what I recommend is you introduce a wind down routine. Oh, you say you wine. can't. <laughs> oh, introduce yeah. wine into your yeah. wind down. Yeah, no, unfortunately it does send you asleep, but it's Wrong. not the good, not the good sleep. Not yeah. the good sleep. It's a bit like the sleep you get from sleeping tablets. It's not as restorative and it actually can impair memory. And you know that when you've mm. had drink, mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't, did I eat that slice of cake? before I went to bed, mm. <laughs> you know. But um, so a wind down routine is critical for lots of different reasons. One of them you've touched on. Getting into bed might be the first time we stopped all day. And so all the little worries and everything start to come up into your head, you know. So one trick is make an appointment with yourself, whether you have to do it every day or once a week. Mm. But if you have something that you find you're ruminating on and going round and round in your head and always stops you going to sleep. So I'm going to think about that and deal with that at three o'clock on Tuesday. I'm allowing half an hour Mm. and I'm going to actually deal with it. And then your brain gets the message. You know, when it comes in, you kind of go, no, dealing with that at three o'clock on Tuesday, you know, have an appointment. Don't need to figure out about that. And that's the way my to-do lists work. Because if I didn't have those, like I really work out my to-do lists. I need to do that by the 27th. I need to do that by, you know, the such and such. So deadlines. I have deadlines in my to-do list and that relieves my stress because if I don't have that, I then I'm doing one thing and I'm going, oh, shit, I forgot I'm on such and such. Have I prepared for that? What do I need to do for that? Okay, that's great. Mm. And so I start hopping all over the place. But literally when I get a task, I look at my diary and I kind of go, okay, they need that by the 5th. It's going to take me maybe half a day to do that. I'm going to kind of schedule that for that. And then I don't have to worry about it. Love it. And I check that then every day and I know, right, okay, you know, so I can calm. It sort of calms me down. So it's prioritising yeah, is so, what you're saying and getting yes. the stuff off the list that you don't need to look at today. I also kind of mark some of the things that are more important. So importance mm. and urgency are the key. Do you know mm. what I mean? So yeah. um, often then what you find, and that's why the Excel file works really well for me, because uh, I have st- I have an Excel file now that has my to-do list for like about eight years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and often, so I code it, you know, zero is something that's not done. One is when it's done. And, and that gives me satisfaction, you know. Oh, I can say, done, and the Sabina, you I are talking it. to somebody who writes things on her list just so she can cross them straight off. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I do admit that into my book. There's nothing more disappointing than going to your list to cross something off and realising you hadn't put it on the list in the first place. So I have been known to put it on my list oh, so yes. that I can cross, cross it off. Cross it straight off, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that gives me reward. You get a little dopamine. Oh, definitely. But yeah, uh, but often then what I find is if something's been on a list for months, so zero is not done, one is done, and then if something has been on a list for ages, I go, you know what? Doesn't need to be done. Give it a two. And Love it. Just it disappears. Chop um, it off the bottom. Love chop it. it off the bottom. <laughs> um, if you do find, I, I do suggest to people keep a notebook beside your bed and just if something starts to go around your head, you know, make a note of it and say, right. you know, it, it kind of helps you stop. But the wind down routine is really good. Most of us watch Netflix or TV and then turn it off and go up to bed. Now, the blue light from your Netflix, from your laptop or your phones. A lot of people get into bed and start scrolling social media for a last little look before they go to bed. Mm -hmm. That's going to wake your brain up. The blue light suppresses melatonin, which is a chemical in your brain that calls you to sleep. So essentially, when you look at your laptop at nighttime, you're fooling your brain into thinking that you are awake, that it's daytime, that you should be awake. So switch off those devices for about an hour before you go to bed. There's no science yet. Mm. Well, there's no science yet saying how long. Okay. Okay. But the reason I say an hour is to start to introduce a healthy wind down routine so that, so electric light. So our brains have been evolving for millions of years. We have electric light for what, 200 years or something Mm. like that. So your brain struggles with with light and it gets fooled by it and confused. And so that's why managing your exposure to light is really critical for training your sleep. So basically, the minute you wake up in the morning, open your curtains, open your blinds and expose yourself to natural light. If you live in a country like we do, where in the wintertime it's dark when you're getting Mm. up, expose yourself to white light. Not your laptop, not your iPhone, because that's blue light. But if you have a white light, like a lamp beside your bed or whatever, make sure you get out in natural daylight for at least a half an hour every day, more if you can. And I think a lot of people are missing that with the pandemic now Mm -hmm. because they're missing their commute to work and maybe they're not Mm -hmm. getting outside. In the evening time, um, say from about eight o'clock onwards, turn off your overhead lights and turn on lamps, you know, lower lighting in your house. Mood lighting. Mood lighting. You like a mood light. I'm a big yeah. fan of mood lighting. Me too. I go around every night and I, I put on that low lighting. And the thing is, it starts to get your brain to think, oh, it's starting to come into nighttime, you know, and it starts to calm mm-hmm. it down. I'm really struck by the fact that we used to do that with our kids and they would have a whole wind down routine. And Sarah, you're probably still there. My children are teenagers. Sarah's a much younger. You have like a routine of bath and birth and bed. A wind down. And that's what you're describing, isn't it? I'm describing a wind down for us. And the reason you have a wind down, you can't expect your kids to go from charging around the place like mad things to going asleep. And the same, you can't expect your brain to stop either whether it's working at your desk, whether it's processing information on a TV show or whatever. Your brain needs needs some time to wind down. So then also just another little thing thing related to light. Often the very last thing we do at night is brush our teeth. You're sleepy, you're tired, you go upstairs, you walk in your bathroom. What do you do? You turn on a big bright light and you brush your teeth and it wakes your brain up again. Makes perfect sense. Start your wind down routine an hour before you go to bed. You intend to go to bed. Go up to your room, get into your PJs or whatever, brush your teeth and go back downstairs. You've switched off your laptops, you've switched off your TV. Now start listening to um, a book, you know, maybe a nice podcast, some calming music, you know, have a conversation, you know, that's not a, you know, a wild argument or whatever, but just do calming things or have a bath. Also, if you brush your teeth before you then go down and and have that wind down, you're not tempted to snack. That's another thing. Yeah, that's what Andy does. Andy's like, he brushes his teeth early so that he doesn't then go downstairs, get stuck into the Moams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's not good because if you eat late at night, it's not great. Um, And it's a great tip, actually, if you want to give up smoking too. You know, I think when I was giving up smoking, now I gave up smoking in my 30s, so it's 30 years ago, but like, I think I brushed my teeth end, end 
endlessly mm. because you yeah, don't feel you like smoking kind of yeah, fresh you tea. Like, you don't yeah. want to spoil yeah. that kind of yeah. nice, nice kind of minty taste. Um, but yeah, managing that exposure to light will make um, a huge difference as will that kind of wind down r- routine. Like a lot of people feel, you know, oh God, I'm so tired and stressed. I'm going to, you know, veg out on something on Netflix and, and, and then go to sleep. And research shows that just watching two hours, I'm not blaming Netflix. It's not just Netflix. <laughs> I mean, we have all of yeah. the different streaming services and I have them all, but I actually don't watch them that much anymore. But just two hours watching one of those streaming shows or TV actually increases your anxiety levels and your depression levels rather than reducing them. And it makes sense. Wow. It makes sense. You know, what are you watching? You're watching, you know, a crime, crime drama, drama or something yeah. that your adrenaline is going. Line of Duty did keep me awake on Sunday night because it's Line of me. Duty. Don't tell me. Don't tell, don't tell me because on episode three, my Sky recorder disrupted and didn't tape the episode. So I have all the other episodes and I'm kind of going, where can I watch episode three so I can watch the rest of the series? Okay, uh, no, we can't oh, get... Oh, you're in Ireland. I'm in oh. Ireland. Oh, no. I can't what get can we BBC iPlay. I, I, I literally don't know what to say to you because I'm a super fan. So I, li- I would have had to have left Ireland in order to come over to watch it, frankly. Oh, 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 oh. I even, you know, I even got onto Sky. I said, look what you did to my life. Yes. <laughs> Like I'm looking and I'm going, oh, I see the word line. No, don't look at that. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with watching those things. There's nothing wrong with that escapism, but just not near bedtime. Okay. Why are you doing the ironing? That's when our friend Jo does it. She watches all her TV while she's doing the ironing. That's yeah. a good time to do it. My husband watches most of his TV during the ironing. He has unusual taste. <laughs> he loves like Sandra Bullock movies and <laughs> Jennifer Aniston <laughs> movies. <see> now. <laughs> I love that! Irregular. Bitches. I wanted to ask Sabina, because I know that this would be something that a lot of people want to know, is is there any supplement that helps with brain fog? Is there anything that we can take, like, you know, holistically, alternatively or or medically that, that will help with it? I'm really, really glad that you asked that question because the answer is no. And don't buy into the promotion really? and the industry that is trying to make money off your brain fog <laughs> or off your fears of developing dementia. Actually, which is something I do want to say. I was really concerned, particularly for perimenopausal and menopausal women. There are a mm. lot of women who are terrified that they're getting dementia. Me. That me. You're not. Me. Well, look, my mother had dementia. I, I directed a dementia research programme at Trinity College for seven years. I was mm. even going, who did mom really? have this, this early? Okay. Is there? And I went to my rheumatologist. I have a rheumatologist because I have an autoimmune disease and I went to him mm. and because he would know that brain fog is kind of part of that. And I also have a neurologist because I have migraine and brain fog is part of that. And I just said, guys, look, I'm just going to be honest here. I'm having this niggle concern. And they were kind of laughing at me. Well, you know what the tests are and you know what this right, is. Right. Uh, but I got my, you know, I got my MRI scan and everything is absolutely fine. And I said, well, if I'm wearing about this, there has to be tons of women worrying about it. Absolutely. You know, brain fog is as I described, okay? And the thing is with dementia, a lot of the people who are getting something like Alzheimer's disease, the individual themselves are not aware that something is amiss. Their relatives Uh, notice it. That's one little thing. Okay. Uh, Although they can be aware. Uh, The other thing is the things that you will find someone doing who is on the way to um, cognitive impairment that might lead to dementia is repeating the same story over and over again without realising it or asking the same question over and over again without realising it. I mean, in the same, you know, in the same afternoon. Within the same time, yeah, right. Within the same sort of conversation. Okay, Okay. So we all have a a supply of stories that we tell. Like if anyone was to listen to me being interviewed on various podcasts, you know, you'd get some of the stories coming up again. There is again. That's not, you know, that's fine. They're dinner stories. That's part of life, you know. Yeah, dinner party stories, yeah. Yeah. But no, repeating it within the same conversation conversation or asking the same question in the same conversation. Okay. Being disoriented to time and place. So not knowing what day of the week it is or what time it is. Now, don't worry. We're all feeling a bit of that with pandemic because we've no markers Mm. to separate out our brain and then getting lost in a place where you would be familiar, getting lost in your own home, getting lost, you know, getting lost on your own street. So it's very different. They're pretty 
separate, aren't they? From they are very different to the things that we've mm. been talking about. Now, the other thing that you asked about the, the the supplements, and that's really important. So another cause of brain fog can be uh, a vitamin um, or nutritional deficiency. Okay. Right. So this is, so if somebody has a vitamin B12 deficiency, their brain fog can be so bad, it can be confused with dementia. Okay. Like it really is quite debilitating. So if you suspect that a deficiency may be a cause, you go to your doctor, you get tested, they will decide whether you have a B12 deficiency and they will give you B12 injections most likely. But you only take B12 if you're deficient. You do not take it if you have no diagnosis for a deficiency. Similarly, if you have an iron deficiency, if you're anemic, that can give rise to brain fog. So if you have been prescribed your iron tablets or whatever, take them. A folate deficiency is the same. And then a nutritional deficiency, if you don't have enough omega-3 in your diet, that will impact on brain fog. And you can get your omega-3 from eating oily fish a couple of times a week. Supplements or vitamins or anything, if you have been prescribed them because you have a deficiency, yes. Otherwise, no. All of the nutrition, vitamins and minerals that you need for a healthy brain can be obtained from a Mediterranean diet, a healthy Mediterranean diet that mm-hmm. is filled with colourful fruit and vegetables, oily fish, nuts. Only get your 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 fats from the likes of olive oil. It's a really healthy diet. It's a really simple diet to engage in. It's a really delicious diet. It is a really delicious (laughs) diet. It is. And it's really simple. People sort of say, I don't have the time. I make soup most days. It takes me 10 minutes. Mm. And I throw in leftover vegetables. And, you know, really, honestly, it's delicious. Now, some people think Mediterranean diet means pizza and pasta. It doesn't. (laughs) Sabina, a little bit of what your fancy does. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Not not lots of it. No, a little bit. Absolutely, you know. But the main thing, kind of getting your carbs from slow release, you know, so whole wheat yeah. is kind of better than. But, you know, hey, look, we're all human. And I kind of feel, look, if you're good 80% of the time, that's better that than, again, you know, 80 being crap the whole time. But, uh, yeah, you don't need them. So the real tips are... Right. And I'll finish off on this so you've something to wrap us up. Lovely. Thank you. You need to manage stress. Nothing wrong with stress in your life. You actually need stress for a healthy brain. What you don't want is poorly managed chronic stress because that actually shrinks the part of your brain, the hippocampus and also your frontal lobes. And it increases the size of your amygdala, your fear center. So you start to live reflexively rather than reflectively Mm -hmm. your thinking brain. Mm -hmm. One of the best ways and one of my favorite tips for managing stress is laughter uh, and fun and smiling. So make sure that you do something fun every single day. That's why we're here. Yes. Exactly. Listen to regular beaches. Smile. <laughs> Smile, laugh. And people this last year have forgotten to do that. Ha- that's week two of my week two of my 30 uh, day plan. Interject fun mm. into your life every day. Mm-hmm. Laugh, smile. It genuinely Love laughter that. lowers the, the stress hormone cortisol. Mm-hmm. Mm. And with the pandemic, a lot of people have forgotten to do that. Exercise your body and exercise your brain. Mm -hmm. Your brain needs a healthy cardiovascular system to deliver the fuel that it needs to function well. So if your cardiovascular system isn't fit, your brain is not going to be getting the nutrients it needs. Also, when you exercise, your brain releases a chemical called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. You don't need to know that name. I just call Mm -hmm. it miracle growth (laughs) in the brain because it acts like a fertilizer that encourages the growth of brain cells and connections. That's why physical exercise is good. Mental exercise, even if you have brain fog, you need to be challenging your brain. You need to be learning new don't things Don't tell me to do Sudoku. Day. No, you don't. Don't, don't, don't. Thank Sudoku you, only makes you good at Sudoku. You told Louise. <laughs> if, if you're learning, no, there's nothing wrong with, people often say that to me. Oh, I look after my brain. I do crosswords and Sudoku. <laughs> when you're learning how to do the crossword and Sudoku, that's good for your brain because when you're actually learning it, because it new enhances stuff. neuroplasticity. So you get new connections in your brain. Okay. Once you know how to do it, that doesn't happen anymore. So either you've got to increase the challenge, put a Mm. timer on your crossword or do a harder one. When I say learning, most people think academic. Forget that. In navigating the world is learning. So meeting new people talking to new people, having new experiences, taking a different route on your walk, 
They're all novelty. They're all new things. Listening to a different genre of music, reading a different kind of book, learning how to turn wood or crochet, okay. whatever takes okay. your fancy. Yeah. If it involves you being challenged or it being new, that enhances the growth of new neurons and brain cells. And that's what makes your brain healthy. Makes sense. You've got to stop coasting. Stop coasting in life. And perimenopause, I do want to say, right, I had a shitty perimenopause, like I really did. I didn't know half the stuff I know now about it, right? I lost my sense of humour. I lost my libido. I nearly lost my brain. I, you know, I, I, I did get my PhD, but I knocked out everything else in my life in order to be able to uh, achieve that. Having come out the other side, guys, it is wonderful. It is the best part of our lives. We live in an ageist society that tells us it's downhill from here. I have never been happier in my life since I turned my 50s. I'm 58 now and I feel like the world (gasps) is banging woman. (laughs) Go follow Sabina on Instagram and have a look for yourselves, people. She's banging. At Sabina (laughs) Brennan. Honestly, you know, uh, well, for me, I have my kids in my 20s. My kids are 30 and 31 now. You know, the world is my oyster and I have the energy and I have the brain. And if you do live a brain healthy lifestyle, like, hey, you could have another 30 years left. Are you going to sit in an armchair for those Mm. 30 years? A big big life changer for me was when I was about 30, 32 and I was really struggling. You know, I had two kids. I had my Mm. kids a year and 10 months apart. Two boys. The first one had a learning difficulty and never slept, which meant I never slept. And, you know, it was like wow. a real challenge. And I would thought my life was over. Hey, I turned 30, you know, like you really. <laughs> kind of, that was the worst birthday ever, I think, you know. Mm. And there was no time for socialise. And I married younger than my friends. So they were all still partying. And here am I dealing with diapers and all that kind of stuff. And my mother-in-law was about 60 at that time. So she was about 30 years older than me. And her mother had died young. So there was a neighbour who sort of became like her surrogate mother and she just turned 90. So we were 30, 30 years apart. And my mother-in-law asked Maggie Smith, who was her (laughs) neighbour's surrogate mother. Oh, not that Maggie. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, not her. Um, But she asked her, did she have any regrets? you know, on her 90th birthday, as only people of a certain generation would think of asking. And she said, I do, Mary. And it's a big one. And Mary said, what is it? And she said, I let myself get far too old at 60. (gasps) And that just was like a wake up call to me. I said, oh, my God, she had her my whole life left to live when she was 60. And I said, I've got my whole life to live again before I even get to 60. You've got two whole lives to live by that maths, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's a great attitude. So it just really kind of made made me realise that stop fucking wasting your life, you know? Absolutely. And you know, guys listening, if there are young, and I really do think younger women need to learn about the perimenopause, you know, before Mm, they go there. To kind of understand, to be prepared. I knew nothing about it. I never even knew the term perimenopause, you know? Your teens are really tough. Your 20s are pretty damn tough too. And your 30s, early 30s, depending on where you are, but it starts to get a bit better as you go late 30s, your 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're dealing with your perimenopause, but you're starting to feel more comfortable in your own skin. You're starting to care less what other people think. Losing the fucks, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah you really yeah, do. We've got, yeah. no, we've got no fucks left over here. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I love that book. There's, there's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Except, except about what matters to you, you know? And, yeah. and you have a bit of time to make an appointment with, your, with yourself. There's one thing I did and it's one of the best things I ever did. I did it in about 2017. You make a list, nobody else can see it, right? <laughs> of all the things you do in life mm. and all the things you are. You know, I do my job, I do yeah. the cleaning, I do whatever. I'm a mum, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, I'm a friend, I'm an employee, I'm a wife, whatever. And then behind them, you mark down, beside each thing, why you do it and how much you love it. <laughs> right? Oh. I love that. Yes. And then you have a list that's ready for culling. (laughs) (laughs) And you just cut out all the stuff that really makes no sense for you to be doing. This is, this is life rules according to Sabina (laughs) Brennan. It works. It works. I love it. You focus on what you love. Like we could talk to you all day. I know. We really I'm sorry and I could probably talk all day. No, please don't (laughs) apologise. Oh no, it's wonderful. It's Uh, been fab. Listen guys, Sabina's uh, book, Beating Brain Fog and her podcast, Super Brain are all available for consumption wherever you consume those things. They're out there, all right, kids. Um, 
that's all we've got time for this week but we are grateful bitches and we'd like to say thank you as ever to our prod squad factory originals productions to choposaurus for our theme tune to sabina for defogging our brains this week and to those wonderful people over at yoppy for sponsoring us and of course to my lulu who is and always will be the louise to my thelma what you got to say for yourself woman well it's stay cool bitches irregular bitches Okay, Sarah, I don't know about you, but I don't feel great about the fact I've been using products that have been treated with bleach up my vagina. No, thank you. (laughs) So we were very excited about being able to partner up with Yopi, a period care company. They use only high quality, environmentally friendly ingredients and materials which make them plastic free, cruelty free and vegan. The packaging looks pretty sexy too, so you can strut across the office proudly showing off your period care. All you have to do is answer a simple quiz and Yopi will formulate the perfect package of period care and PMS supplements because let's face it, one size does not fit all, Lou. It certainly does not. Another reason we wanted to partner up with Yopi is they understand that women have changed how they live their lives. They certainly have. That's why we've collaborated with an amazing nutritionist and friend of the podcast, Shona Wilkinson, to formulate three essential PMS supplements full of herbs, minerals and vitamins to focus on whichever issues you have during your menstrual cycle. Do you predominantly suffer with cramps, mood swings or bloating or like us, all bloody three? Yoppy, have a supplement for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> so please head over to yoppy.com forward slash irregular bitches. That's Y-O-P. P-I-E dot com slash irregular bitches to get 50% off your first two orders when you sign up for a subscription to any product. And shipping is gratis, free, nada. Plus, you can even earn rewards by referring your friends. Irregular bitches. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.